Hello, and welcome to People Keep Dying, a podcast where we talk about people who die. I'm your host, Angela. And I'm Stephanie. And today, I like to, I guess, also do a shout out to the podcast Undercover Coven, who are very sweet girls. Yeah, they shouted out uh, our podcast. Oh my God, by the time this goes out, it was weeks ago. Um... But they shouted out your uh, Korean mall collapsing. Yeah, the Samsung department store collapsing. And I really, like, I think they're so cute. And I think they're both Chilean, but I know one still lives in Chile. And, like, I love it when I listen to people from different cultures speak about different things because they just have so many different perspectives of how death works. Yeah. I guess. And it's also, like, they have the, um, the cultural perspective of what's going on in in that area that like we as well me as a white woman from canada uh doesn't have yeah uh that i super appreciate and um yeah so they thought we were funny i think they're funny so thank you yep. that's the undercover coven yes podcast and this week i got ourselves a mm, i don't know what this is so we'll figure it out after i talk about it okay this happens in the states so um, my person's name is Yoshihiri Hattori, who's often referred to as Yoshi Hattori, which is going to be easier for me to say because Yoshi is Mario. a pretty common name that most kids should know from gaming. <laughs> They're not kids anymore, Angela. We've grown up and we're now adults. But people still play Mario games yeah. for kids. Yeah, that's true. Yes. and he Kids was- shouldn't be listening to this podcast. If you're under the age of... 16 no 16 is too old <laughs> what age do you think is appropriate i don't Sorry know to just i like watched a ton of american america's that doesn't mean it's appropriate <laughs> listen okay i turned out <laughs> not a killer if, you, so. if you're under the age of 16 turn this podcast off right now that's that's my that's what i'm saying anyways go back to your story i'm sorry for cutting in it's okay so yoshi was born in nagoya japan on november 22nd 1975 he was one of three children bo- born to Masachi Hattori, an engineer, and his wife, Maiko. And that's basically the only background I'm give you because that's, that's all I got. So at the age of 16, Yoshi went to Baton Rouge in August 1992 as a part of an American Field Service student exchange program. And that's where like a family takes you in, basically, yeah. and you live with them so you can, I guess, like live in the culture and everything. Yeah. He had also received a scholarship from the Morito Foundation for his trip. His hosts were Richard Haymaker, a college professor, and his wife, Holly, a physician, and her teenage son, Webb. Which, like, why would I love the name Webb. I think it's kind of a crazy name. Like, my name's Webb, but whatever. So on October 17th, 1992, and technically this could have been one of my Halloween murders, but it didn't happen on Halloween. It happened at a Halloween party. Hmm. So on October 17th, 1992, Yoshi and Webb were invited to Halloween or organized party by Japanese exchange students. And Yoshi and Webb sound like there should be like a cartoon, like yes. detective team or something. It needs to be uh, the dinosaur and the spider. Yes. Some like ancient, because you know those fucking spiders back in like dinosaur times were so big. They were probably at least the size of like, like three of us and were. There were prob- that's probably terrifying. raptor killing spiders. Mm-hmm. Just saying. Because we've got 
kangaroo killing spiders <laughs> now and that is horrifying so we just get you go bigger because they were we, yeah. dinosaurs were bigger someone needs to start that comic the spider and then the diner mm-hmm. the dino dino spider well unfortunately <laughs> this story does not end up with a happy yeah. ending we shouldn't of laugh. course not serious time so Yoshi dressed as John Travolta's character in Saturday Night Fever, a white tuxedo. So it's nothing too intimidating. Like if you see this kid, you know yeah, he's this, in a costume. It's the white undies and the white tuxedo shirt, and I, right? And I need to very specifically point out what he's wearing because what happens next is really fucking ridiculous. Okay. Okay. And by the way, Yoshi, because he's a Japanese student, you can kind of figure it's kind of a stor- shorter stature, very skinny like 130 pound yes. kid all right so Skinny. keep that in mind in a white tuxedo like john travolta saturday night fever oh costume. okay i had the right. wrong image i had tom cruise and risky business oh. in my head. okay <laughs> I was like, so- yeah. yeah it's the okay, whole sorry. white tuxedo yeah, with the but- hair yeah okay so it. at 8 p.m as they arrived for the party there was a little confusion and they ended up at the wrong residence the residence of Rodney Pierce, a 30-year-old supermarket butcher. Oh, no. Yoshi and Webb rang the doorbell, and no one came to the front door. Rodney's wife, Bonnie, opened the side door leading to the carport and saw Webb. Webb was dressed in bandages and a neck brace because he had previously been injured, and the bandages were just part of his costume. Okay. He tried to make contact with Bonnie, but she panicked when Yoshi started briskly walking towards her. And you have to remember that Yoshi obviously doesn't really speak English that well because he is an exchange student. Yeah. Um, Bonnie freaked out and slammed the door, telling Rodney to get his gun. And you can see, kind of figure out where it was going to happen from here. But just so you can get more mad I'll, I'll tell you oh is this racially charged it's not i don't know if it was racially charged but it was definitely not supposed to happen okay well that like it just seems i mean i, I don't know i don't understand the reaction of like when you see a stranger and you're just like immediately you like close the get door, your gun. you close the like, door and you get your gun yeah but okay this feels like an extreme reaction since you know it's 8 p.m and the kid's clearly dressed up yeah. You know, he's not wearing like even a hoodie or, you so know. So was he dressed up t- like as a mummy? Or- no, like Webb was dressed up as a mummy, mm-hmm. but, but Yoshi was dressed as John Travolta. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. he's not intimidating looking. And it's 8 p.m. It's not even that late. Mm-mm. So as Yoshi and Webb started to walk back to their car, wondering if they came to the wrong house, the carport door opened. Rodney, uh, armed with a 44 Magnum revolver, had come out. What? Yoshi no. stepped towards Rodney, saying, we're here for the party. Rodney yelled, freeze, and Webb saw the gun. So Yoshi had very limited English and didn't have his contact lenses in, so he couldn't really see very well. Yeah. So when Webb yelled out to Yoshi to warn him off, Yoshi kept moving towards Rodney <gasps> because no, no, no. he doesn't know. It's also possible that Yoshi thought that Rodney was pulling a prank, and it is Halloween, yeah. and tricking is part of the holiday. Yeah, Yoshi I mean, possibly. Yeah, Yoshi also had a camera in his hand. And by the way, a camera doesn't look like a gun. Just yeah. saying. Uh, which Rodney claimed he mistook for a weapon. From five feet away, Rodney shot Yoshi in the chest and went back into his home. Oh, what did he? He just shot him and went back to his house. What about the other kid? No, he shot Yoshi because he's the one who walked towards him. Uh, yep. Um, so, I just like, why would you not then? 
I don't understand. You shoot the one kid because you clearly thought that you were in danger. That's and then, it. And then and you close the door. And, and then, then you just turn around and close the door. But like, what about why, the other kid? Why do you have to get out of the house and shoot the kid at all? It's not hey, like they were trying to break into his house. No, no, no. I understand. I understand that because yeah, even the whole beginning of it, but like to just shoot him and then turn around and walk back in, like then you, you obviously didn't really feel like you were in danger because, because you didn't, you kill, didn't yeah, deal you with didn't the, kill second, the other guy. Yeah. The second quote unquote, like assumed assailant who's trying to break into your home. And I assume like you probably thought was like doorbell. Your wife. Like I have no idea. Yeah. But ringing your doorbell at 8 PM was afraid that some kids dressed up in Halloween costumes were going <sighs> to be a danger to you. I mean, uh, but it wasn't on Halloween. So maybe that was a little uh, the, shocking. He was in Halloween costume. It's October. You expect yeah, but, people in costumes. And um, I don't know. I think I would, I wouldn't like shoot anybody, but no. I would think it was weird if someone showed up think, on my door. I would think it's weird, but I'd be like, <laughs> you must be in the wrong. Yeah. If you're really scared. Yeah. You call the cops. You don't yeah. pull out a gun yes. and shoot you someone. Don't t- call your husband to, to get, get, get his gun. gun you just go in and close the door and lock, lock the it doors and then and go call get the your phone and then you tell them to leave and if they don't leave you say i'm gonna call the cops and you call the cops yeah you don't shoot oh someone who's in your f- or oh, whatever anyways so <gasps> when the neighbor like webb ran to a neighboring house and asked for help when the neighbors returned with webb they found yoshi badly wounded and lying on his back when the neighbors came Body, Bonnie kept yelling at the neighbors to go away. Uh, Rodney and Bonnie did not come out of their house until 40 minutes later when the police arrived. They basically shot the kid, went back in their house, and acted like it didn't happen. I mean, now, in defense of the guy, it's very possible that he didn't mean to shoot the kid. Because I don't know the rest of the story. It's very possible he didn't mean to shoot the kid, but he shot the kid and immediately panicked and went back in the house and was like... And told his wife, I shot him. And then they were like, we just need to stand here until the police arrive. And then we'll deal with the dent. Like, I mean, I, I've no, he definitely, the knew he was, he, he definitely knew. I think if you <laughs> have a gun in your hand and you have your finger, finger in the trigger, you have every intention to shoot someone. Yes. But maybe not. No. Like, I'm willing to give the benefit of the doubt that it's possible that he didn't actually mean to shoot the kid, but no. maybe it was a scare tactic. That I wasn't like, that wasn't, I, that's not part of this story. Willing, in, this, in this specific instance <laughs> and from what he's told the police yes, as I don't well, know the rest of the story. he definitely knew he was shooting the kid. Okay. Well then that's, fuck there's you, none of that. Yeah, oh, I didn't maybe know the rest of the story, none of so. it. So I was, just, I was trying. Yoshi was died trying in the ambulance minutes later. For, oh you shouldn't gosh. be on a slide. That's fucking no, ridiculous. I'm sorry. There's no, 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 sorry. There's no, there's no, there's no reason I, yeah, to sorry, ever I shoot someone. No, there really, there really is. Like if, they, just... if someone's entering your home through a broken window, you shoot them because they're breaking into your house. I get that. Mm. But um, if someone yeah. is knocking your front door and then they don't try to walk in yeah, they, and then, and then you close the door and they're not trying to break into your house. I don't know why you go out there and shoot them. Yeah, no, no. That's crazy. Yeah. No, 100%. It's crazy. It was just when I said that I was trying to be on my side, it was the going back into the house immediately after I was, that's what I meant. Like I was trying to understand why he just walked right back into the house. Because you, you killed like, someone. He still yeah, killed someone. Sorry, I'm so, still trying to yeah. understand the psychology behind that. That's what I'm I think it's on. just like it, it was yeah. a shock that he killed someone. Yeah. But it, I don't think that he didn't intend to shoot him. No, he no, definitely. No. I, I, mean, I just didn't think he ever shot someone before. Very he just possible. didn't expect that. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people have never shot anyone, I assume. W- was it a situation where, like, they were having an issue um, with, like, people vandalizing their house? Like, no. Like, they didn't have nope. any previous... Okay. 
Okay, None so this is it like, wasn't like su- that, that super... previous story I did where you know they had you know he had yeah. issues with the girl who was vandaling the house and yeah. then he killed like, her. I wasn't and stuff. sure if maybe there yeah, was there like, was none of that a previous something that would have provoked this, but this is like a Literally, one thousand percent unprovoked. Just killed someone in front of your house. That's ridiculous. Okay, yeah. and didn't shoot the other person, so obviously yes. did not think. As yeah. you said, didn't yeah. think there were now much yeah. danger. Okay. So initially, after the incident, the local police released Rodney of all charges because it was within his rights to tr- shoot the p- trespasser. That's what they said. Now, I think that's I think that's like law for them. It is, and it's on their property, right? But here's yeah. the problem: is that they never told them to leave. No. And well, I, did they? they? Well, the guy said freeze. But he never said like get off my property. I think the like, no. Then I don't like I don't know the law, but I would feel like you can't just shoot someone that's on your property. You have to tell them to leave. Well, I mean, um, that's apparently what I mean, they're trying to say. And I'm like, what if you. there was a little kid cutting your lawn? You know, walking to school. Do you shoot them too? On your on your property, right? It's situational because the kid was okay whatever well that's what i mean like that's how they would do it it's like yeah. that you you can't make that argument because that's super situational but like and by the way this is in the usa right so yeah. we're supposed to be a first world country we're not supposed to just be able to shoot whoever the hell uh, you want that's just, just saying i just want everyone to remember that this isn't like oh well this must be in like a third world country where they don't have laws oh uh, this is the u.s no. where i mean the laws. fact that <laughs> the fact that you say that this in the u.s is probably why it makes so much sense that this happened yeah. because this happens so much so it was only after the louisiana governor edwin edwards and the japanese consulate general in new orleans protested that rodney was charged with manslaughter which he should have been in the first place yeah he should have been in the first place and at least like, manslaughter not first not degree murder, not first degree murder but I, manslaughter I, for mon- sure because yeah, there was no premeditation yeah man. his defense with yoshi was um and had an extremely unusual manner of moving and that any reasonable person would find him scary. But to paint a picture, Yoshi is an 130-pound unarmed Japanese boy, and Rodney is a six-foot-two well-armed man. Yeah. A 30-year-old six-foot-two man was scared of his tiny Japanese yeah. boy. And a white tuxedo. Tuxedo that was very clearly a Halloween costume. Yeah. So, okay. I mean, you have some intimidation issues uh, and from five feet away, it's not yeah. like from really far away. Five feet away, easily How could have disarmed him. How long ago him. was this? This was in nineteen. I want to, oh, this is the wrong paper. But it's okay. So, but it's not within the last ten years because I would definitely say if it was in the last ten years, it was like nineteen ninety. Maybe he watches a lot of Fox News or something like that. It was nineteen ninety two. But we, it's okay because he said, I'm very sorry that any of this ever happened. I'm like, I'm very sorry I killed this person. This person's done now because of me. Yeah, no, you're not. A lot of people then and now sympathize with Rodney, as I've read a lot of comments on YouTube, like uh, uh, YouTube and every, everyone was just like, well, you know, he paid his dues and, you know, he's really remorseful. And I'm like, but he still killed someone. I mean, okay. In the defense of like, because in the justice system, justice is never going to give people uh the actual justice that they want no because our justice system isn't built for that so it 
in the justice system, it is a thing where you go, you pay your crime, you become remorseful, then they like let you out. And because he was already remorseful, yeah. And it's that's why I wrote down here. So is so remember, kids, if you sound genuinely remorseful that you shot and killed a child, it's okay. Well, no, nobody's saying that it's okay. It's but just that's what that's what this the whole trial tells me. That because is, guess well, what? I mean, that's just yep. So that's just what history has told us is that you can kill someone and it doesn't matter. Yeah. Police testified that Rodney had said, boy, I messed up. I made a mistake. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer said a, a, <laughs> yeah. the, the same thing when he got caught by the police. And it's like <laughs> um, a mistake that led to death of a child. He's a 16 year old child. Someone's child. Uh, you know what? Other people have made bigger mistakes that have led to deaths yes. that can make that statement uh you you sorry your mistake was going and getting that fucking gun yeah uh you shouldn't, you have, shouldn't have gotten gone. it but get oh, a baseball bat no, don't like, worry though they blamed the defense was blaming his wife are you said oh my that, god did she divorce him i think she i couldn't find any information but i think she eventually did oh fuck the man. defense argues that bonnie was the main reason rodney felt shooting was necessary <sighs> She said, Yoshu was coming real fast towards me. I had never had somebody come at me like that before. I was terrified. Well, close the fucking door and call the cops. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, get a baseball bat. Yeah. Um, if you're going to open up your carport and come on. Or like. But if she just peeped through and then saw him walking toward. She could close the like, door. I've locked got the it. phone. I'm going to call the police. Yeah. Like, anything, get off my property. Get away anything. from me. She could, and, she could still call the cops. Yeah. The cops would have still shown up. Yeah. And then at least maybe there would have been like, you know, the kid got, could have gotten hurt from the cops or something, but he wouldn't have died. Even hopefully. if the kid, because one, if you had been holding a baseball bat, the kid would have probably been able to recognize but the, the baseball bat. The thing bat. was that before Ronnie showed up, they were like, maybe we're at the wrong house and they turned around. Yeah. Thinking about, so if they just waited a little longer, the kids would have just left and that would have been it. Yeah, but I mean, that wife was probably, I mean, maybe that wife was probably fucking freaking out in that house. Like, and, uh, yeah, and then that's what he's saying. Was. That's what the defense is saying, that it was because of her it's, overreaction. No, that that's the reason why Rodney had to have felt like he had to shoot Yoshi. <sighs> and like it's mentioned, I want to mention one more time that Bonnie had already closed the door and Yoshi never made any physical contact with any of these two. Yeah. Never. He never got close he, enough to touch any of them. She closed the door and he was like, uh, maybe I'm at the wrong house and then turned around and started walking and away. And probably talked to Webb and was like, are we in the wrong house? And then when the carport opened again, it's like, well, maybe you are in the right house. So if they had just left the door, the door closed and never came out, yeah, there would be no story. Yeah. That's for sure. I definitely think that the wife was probably like in hysterics in there and probably built it up. But like, yeah, but I mean, the blame was put uh, yeah, squarely on her like, shoulders yeah, as to why he shot yeah, her. Because like you went out there and as a grown ass fucking man, reassess that situation and then realize oh, these are adults. Like she's like 27, I think, and he's 30. They're not. I mean, I'm not going to say anything about the wife because I don't know her situation. She may have actually been scared. Who the yeah. fuck knows? Like, it's but, eight o'clock at night. Maybe it was a little dark and maybe it probably she was dark. Didn't see what she thought she saw. And she just got scared and it, about it, someone approaching. Like she, she probably didn't realize that he was Japanese and she was probably just a little racist and probably just saw like a white suit walking towards her. Yeah. Who knows? Like, because maybe she thought it was like a black person yeah. and like maybe 
um she thought that there was someone was coming to rob her house and there was still a lot of anti-japanese like, chinese yeah, sentiments like, during that time I, as well i don't it's the 90s was a very like heated time when it comes to oh yeah like racism and stuff like that so that's why i had asked was it like racially charged they they never mentioned well, anything about race yeah. but i like i looked for it to see if like mm-hmm. maybe it was because you know it is but then it, from what I understand, it's just because yeah, he like, was the one closest those, to them. Those Southern police officers are obviously going to let the white guy yep. go. Which is uh, exactly what happened. Oh my gosh, no. All right. Okay, so they're so, blaming the wife. So um, and could be, it's because it's like instead, shout out to her husband, like when she saw this kid coming and saying like, hey, go get the gun. Because the only reasonable response to a person walking towards you is telling someone to go get a gun and go shoot them. Go get the them. gun, go get the gun. I'm like, no. you know what? I've had a lot of people walk towards me before, but they walk by or they're lost. I never thought to myself, I should shoot that person just yeah, in case. I've never really had the thought of shooting anybody ever either. No, but I guess I also don't own a gun. No. So, and I've I, never touched one and don't ever plan on ever doing it either. So Rodney like on his part didn't hesitate or question his wife, retrieving his gun with a laser sight that was stored in a suitcase in the bedroom. So he was way over, you know, it was just like, it wasn't just like a gun, but it was just like to make sure that, you know, you get your target, the laser sight on the gun as well. Uh, Why do you need to have a laser on your hand To make sure you kill people. It's a handgun, It's a handgun. Yeah. um. So Bonnie was saying, like in apparently hysterics and tears, there was no thinking involved. I wish I could have thought if I just had thought. I, I totally believe I that she I do believe that I, she... That is. Yeah. I she, totally I think, believe that. I think it's within her rights for her to overreact the mm-hmm. way, but I think there were two adults there and no one should yeah. have gotten a gun. Uh, the, the man that wasn't overreacting... Should uh, have calmly thought yeah. to himself, why do I need a gun? Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. So. But, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. But she probably does feel really bad, and I bet she's going to live that with that for the rest of her life. Probably after she just had her husband blame her for it. That probably caught her off I mean, guard, too. Maybe like, not. Maybe they, they agreed to that defense because they're trying to get him off, right? So it Rodney, depends on if she stays with them. Rodney's attorney concluded his argument saying, we have a legal right to open the door holding a gun to anyone when the doorbell rings. This is the law of this country. I did not know that. Uh, He didn't open up his door. Well, yeah, he opened up his door and then walked out onto his yard. It's like no, he didn't walk onto his yard. He just he 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 opened the the door, the carport door, and then Yoshi started walking towards him and then he shot him. Okay, but then I do think that um, there's no reason. Like he he was five feet away. There could have been at that point. He would have seen this kid. And could have yeah. easily seen that this was in the 90s. No one wears a white tuxedo in the 90s <laughs> for fun. You know what I mean? Like, you can't oh even be God. like, I just, no, he was in a costume. You can clearly tell. I, we had a drunk person try to come into our apartment once because they like, they're drunk and they try to get into the wrong apartment. I didn't think to myself at one point I should bash his head in just in case. Like, no, no. It's just like, you, just, you just close the door. You're like, wrong apartment, dude. And that's it. No. And then they eventually leave. Were, there, were they on drugs? Like, I don't, they never say anything about drugs or anything. Uh, so the trial lasted seven days and the jury returned with a not guilty verdict after three hours. Was the, the jury all white? The, I probably. The courtroom spectators broke into applause. Because fuck all of you. 
Wow. They that's how much they believe that it's more important to have a gun than yeah. someone dying yeah. because of Because that's probably what you know what? That's probably what it was all about. Was people were trying to make it into a you should known guns thing. Yes. And you can't for whatever reason do that in the States. You can't ever say that you don't need guns and listen nobody needs to own a gun no i don't even believe in hunting i i don't even think that humans deserve to have guns to shoot animals and you because you survived without guns killing animals for so long with like bows and arrows which i again i don't necessarily think is good don't, don't kill animals either like because why? I just I don't, why does the humans have this like innate need to kill? I understand the feeling having innate need to kill. Like when I first met Nick, I told him <laughs> I want to own a gun because I'm super I'm American. Like that's what I feel. It's like you're it's a right. Even though I'm pretty liberal, like the gun I've never held a gun though, and I've never shot anyone, and I've never owned a gun. But I've always been curious of what it felt feel like to like I guess shoot at a target, not at a person or an animal, but shoot at a target. And it's it's one of those things where it's like I understand like maybe a handgun if depending on like I guess what kind of situation you're in or I'm not really sure what you're doing. I'm sure, it's like a glorified like but they glorified in the media. It is and then for sure. You watch like a ton some of movies. beautiful, passionate like thing, and you get this rush when you shoot a gun, and maybe you do. Maybe, you do. maybe there's a like there's a power play where you feel like you know secure and safe and like like i'm sure there's a power behind it that makes people feel good and people um, are just basically like well when bad guys don't own guns it's like bad guys will always own something worse than you yeah always but anyways since the court failed the criminal <sighs> court failed yoshi a, a civil action was brought and found rodney liable to yoshi's parents for six hundred fifty thousand dollars. oh which i appreciate of- the fact that they won but it's like a little sad and disgusted that there's now a price tag on this kid's life. I wonder, like, and I always find it so interesting of like how they come up with that number. Because yeah. like if you were to ask like, how much do you think your life is worth? You never just think it's less than a million dollars. At least they got more than 500000 I guess. Like at least they got they, anything. Well, they're definitely not going to get all of it. Yeah. Because he's a supermarket butcher. He's not going to make enough money to ever pay it off. And he's definitely, um, yeah, he's not going to pay. And that he's money. definitely not going to be able to find a, a very stable job for a very long time after this because he did end up on the news. And yeah, people, yeah. even if people aren't on his side, you don't want to hire someone who just yeah, ha- is tri- that trigger. Tribal ha- media. Yeah. So because, well, actually, I don't know because he wasn't convicted. Because I know here that like you have to like market on like yeah, job applications. He won't have to ever market in the yeah. job applications. But like everyone in the area would know his name because he would have showed up on the news a lot, right? Yeah. Depending on the coverage at that point. So Depends on the company. His pen- parents used these funds to establish two charitable funds in his son's name. Because obviously it wasn't about the money. It was just the fact no, that they, they needed justice. something. They just needed to win. They didn't want to feel like it wasn't a complete yeah. life wasn't a waste yeah like, that's really what it is that his death wasn't a waste not mm-hmm. necessarily his life his death wasn't a mm-hmm. waste so one was to fund u.s high school students wanting to visit japan mm-hmm. and another was to fund organizations that lobby for gun control because obviously after this happened his parents became very pro-gun control and apparently yeah, yeah. I don't blame them. I can't imagine that they're uh, super happy with the way gun control is going now. 
So the lawyers argued that Rodney and Bonnie acted unreasonably to the presence of two teenage boys. Mm -hmm. And Rodney has used his fire gun, firearm too quickly. Yes. Yes. Also, let's point out that Yoshi would have easily been physically subdued by Rodney without a gun if he truly feared for his life. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like... You could have even like not even that I would want you to like take a knife out there because then you probably would have stabbed him. But like you could have taken anything and you didn't like, even need anything. You didn't even need anything. You could have just gone Physically. out there like you're a six two foot dude. He's, and you're a butcher. So you do have like some strength to you, I'd assume, because, mm. you know, butchers are pretty strong. Yeah. So yeah. I thought I, I really thought the story was going to go. The, uh, Yoshi was going to get cut up <laughs> like I thought they were going to kill him. Oh, uh, so him and the wife. But then the problem was that during this time, also, forensics had found that Rodney's testimony of Yoshi walking towards him quickly was false. Mm-hmm. Forensic evidence demonstrated that Yoshi was either moving slowly or not at all, and his arms were away from his body, indicating that he was no threat. Mm-hmm. So Rodney literally just killed the kid. Yeah. Um, Rodney and Bonnie tried to appeal the decision, but the Louisiana Court of Appeals upheld the decision in October 1995. <sighs> The second appeal was rejected by the Supreme Court of Louisiana in January 1996. Like, they're trying to appeal it because they don't want to pay the money because obviously they don't have it. And it's, yeah. it sucks because, like, the parents get dragged back in over and over again. Yeah, and for they keep all of this. collecting up more, like, fees and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And yeah. So, of the $650,000 judgment, the insurance company paid out 100 k leaving Rodney personally responsible for remaining 550 k during the trial, knowing that he would never be able to f- pay the full amount of, you know, from a supermarket job, Ronnie said he would never own a gun again. <laughs> oh, Thank well, you. I'm glad that you'll never own a gun again, but uh, how was that going to pay the other $550,000? So super interesting that I learned from this is that um, right after Yoshi died, yeah. this is when they passed the Brady Handgun Violence Prevention Act. And apparently before this point, you didn't need anything to buy, purchase a gun. This act required gun purchasers to show identification when purchasing firearms at a gun shop. In, so until in this Louisiana point, and, or and the in the entire U.S. So apparently, that's un- only from the nineties. So apparently, until nineteen ninety three in November, you were just you could be anybody, walk anywhere, and be like, "I like to buy a you gun." Could please go into Walmart and just buy a fucking gun. Yes, that no, is- you don't need an ID. You don't track. That uh, that's terrifying. Ridiculous. Did not know that. And it was largely due to the momentum built by the 1.7 million Japanese and 250K American signatures on a petition calling for action. Because they're like, what the fuck? What do you mean? You can just go buy a gun. You can just go to a gun store and be like, I like a gun, please. Oh, you look 18. Oh, Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I didn't even think about age restrictions. No, No, because America just just believed everybody could have a gun. gun. Yeah. So literally, you could just buy Yeah. Damn MRA. So President Bill Clinton met with Hattori, the Hattori's in November 1993 during this time to discuss gun control matters. And that's the same time that the gun law passed. Mm-hmm. Um, but let that sink in because you could just, I just can't believe it. You could buy a gun with just cash. You just go in and be like, yep, I like a gun, please. I, mean, I like to buy 10 guns, please. And all the ammunition you have in here, <laughs> I don't know what I'm going to do with it, but I like all of it. That's, I mean, I thought it was crazy in the story from last week that, like, 
you could just go and buy dynamite. Yeah. But no, you could apparently during that time, yeah, you could have also yeah. just bought a gun. Yeah. Just, I don't know what the laws <laughs> oh are God. in Canada. Like when does stuff happen? The gun control laws happen here, but until well, 1993, I, that's what it was. I don't know. I don't know gun laws in Canada. Cause like, I want to know. It was who, just not something I, I was I ever wanna, exposed I wanna to. I want to meet the people who fought against this act. Who voted uh, against the NRA. It. Uh, yeah. I want to know. I want to, I want to sit down and talk to someone who's just like, yeah, I think All anyone should just be allowed to buy a gun. I'm like, every the people still are fucking swarm everywhere and say that down there like they fill up the message boards and tweet about it about how like Ugh. everybody should have a gun everyone so you could just this could be the wild wild west we definitely have not evolved since the you know <laughs> no. 1800s That's we haven't really evolved at all like our technology has i mean has i guess up, we do have the um like biological instinct to kill i guess oh yeah so i think that's where it comes from but i do think that we don't need it at this point a 2013 source reports that rodney had lost his home and his supermarket job and was living in a trailer park that's the only information i could find about him i could find nothing about bonnie they're living their lives now like they were tried and they were you know even if you disagree with whatever it's they're free now so it's like leave them alone i guess because whatever they paid their they did their time yeah i mean and now there are worse people out there that are living out there after paying their dues than than this guy this guy just that that's how the justice system works they can't sit in jail forever no because we no longer believe in killing people that kill other people of course not no no see i i do believe that (laughs) see that the problem i think the problem i for an eye (laughs) i think the problem always came down to the fact that sometimes the justice system works against you and so even if you're innocent you're tried you know like yes i understand that there are those situations and people will always pervert the law however if you're caught killing someone like you're uh you get the death like you get to die sorry uh that's and that's just how i feel at least first degree murder manslaughter is kind of those things where it's like if you hit someone with a car and then it's like and then they're jaywalking then i don't know because i always feel that feeling were you drunk dry or was it like what if it's really dark and they're wearing black like i always think that when i'm driving at dark in like the dark i won't see someone because they're wearing like a black parka and i'll always like i'll stop i don't i have never hit someone but i'm always like worried that one day i'm gonna accidentally you know yeah, because I mean? if you do, if you hit anybody with a car, you're you're liable. One hundred percent. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't matter the situation. It's it's you're in trouble. And yeah. I was just the first time I heard that, I was like, that's horrifying. Yeah. Like, because you, someone could just jump in front of your car to kill themselves, which they do. They do. They do all the time liable. in China and Russia. From my, from all those oh, cam yeah, videos they, I've seen, all those dash cam videos I've seen, oh for God, sure so they great. do. I love it when like the they like act like they're they got uh, run over. Uh, oh, I, oh my gosh! Uh, and they're like, I have like dash cam evidence of you being a dick bag so great but anyways yoshi yoshi's parents and his american host parents the haymakers went to become active campaigners for gun law reform because of course a year after yoshi's death his old classmate keisuke nishikawa went to study in the u.s and took part in local campaigns for stricter gun control laws when asked years later about the mass las vegas shooting that happened in october 1st 2012 or 17 kisuki remarked nothing changes i guess these shootings will just keep going on forever and i can't really blame him for saying that there was a tweet that i had seen or someone had said like it, it doesn't matter anymore once they shot up the kids 
in that public school. Yeah. In the kindergartners. Once five-year-old Sandy, Sandy yeah. Hook, once Sandy Hook happened, um, that was the downfall. They're never going to be able, because you proved that children, killing children wasn't even enough and for you, can, you to and, change and your And gun some laws. dick bags can go out there and yeah, act like it you, didn't yeah. happen. Now you've got Sandy Hook deniers and all the different stuff. But and like, fuck you. I swear to God, if you're listening to this and you're a Sandy Hook denier, fuck you. Yeah. I don't want you as a listener. That's just. But no, people are always, once again, people are always going to pick profits over uh, human life. Mm -hmm. And people are just going to keep killing people and getting access to guns. And you you're going to keep having people in your government um that for whatever reason just don't they just money we've money talked about just this matters more. money is more important than, it's literally the first in the first episode we said money is more important than people mm -hmm. and it's always true no a hundred percent it's always like, going to be true it's it really is and yeah. the, the, both of my fucking next like my next story is just money mattered more yeah money matters like, more than people like Yep. And it's and it's so sad because I don't think that money should matter more than people and it like and it's never it's never going to get better. Mm -mm. Not until fucking another comet comes and wipes out everything and we get rid of our technology and we have to start over again. Uh, did you watch a TV show Terra Nova? They still had deaths on that show. Pardon? Terra yeah, but I mean like once like our civilization our civilization has to like start over again and like the whole idea concept of money is like oh yeah gone. that's that'll probably be long. but it'll, they'll kill for but something then, else but then they'll just kill for something yeah. else there and then money will always power. there'll always be a sort of trade that happens yeah there'll always be power there's always pretty rocks that they traded back in the days right so let's kill over the hay another of yoshi's old classmates akiki minami said there are some kind of foreign culture that we can't understand but that doesn't mean we don't respect them. I also understand that gun issues in the U.S. is difficult to resolve. I think Americans do want to resolve it somehow. It's too bad they haven't been able to get things moving in earnest. I think that that's true. I think mm -hmm. that there are... I think people who, you know, own guns who are very, like, pro-gun don't want to kill innocent people, but they no. want to keep their guns. So that's really, that's what it is. I just don't like the argument of, I need to have a gun because someone else might have a gun and come, yeah, try to come into my house. And it's just like, yeah, but if they don't have a gun, then why do you need to have a gun? And if they have a gun and they're better than you, then they'll still kill you. Well, it's just like, I, ju I just, I don't like that argument. Like, you don't need to have something just because on the off chance someone else has something. If that object is completely taken out of the picture, then you don't have to have it. You can always just own an alligator. No one's going to go into your yard if you have an alligator. <laughs> own something like yeah. a yeah, oh, get a get a moat. Um get a moat or a bunch of spiders. Learn no how to one train a dragon. Yeah, no one's going to come to your house if you own a bunch of spiders. Yeah, cover or your house with like those gigantic wolf gang spiders or yeah, whatever no the one, fuck they're no called. One will fuck with you if you know the whole bunch like, of spiders. Um, in 1997, a documentary film about Yoshi's death called The Shot Heard Around the World by Christine Choi came out. And so like that also revived a little bit more interest in like what happened. But I mean, it was in 1997. So obviously like this story is kind of like a quote dead story. Like, yeah. Less, less people care about it now. Um, well, yeah, because there's been plenty more shootings like not to say that his shootings are important, but there's just there's just been so much more, many more shootings. So after the Florida school shooting uh, and the March for Our Lives rally, which I think happened in the last year or two, 
Yoshi's mom, Mako, pleaded for sensible gun control, said, I was moved by the high school students challenging the government on the gun control issues. I felt something was changing at the bottom. I hope adults who have common sense take action with them for the U.S. to be a safer country. The future is young. Adults should treasure the wish of young people for their peaceful future. And that's very reasonable. It's very, very true. Because, like, and that's where the change is going to happen. Because, listen, to those of us that are 30 that are looking like, oh, man, our future just looks so bleak because of, like, why we're blaming the baby boomers, which is really, like, it's just a generational thing. But it's just, like, they're going to die off soon. And then we will step in and have the power. So can we just make sure that we have our shit together so that mm-hmm. we don't keep fucking up? Like there's going to be a big change. Don't coming. give up within the next 10 to 20 years. It's going to happen. We just have to like, we're laying down the groundwork. It's not always going to be like this. So I wanted to just go back into reference. With, Hopefully, I guess. <laughs> yeah. I want to get like, get, go back into reference with like, I guess gun control laws yeah. when Japan versus America. So, Japan, with their much stricter gun control laws, had six gun-related deaths in 2014. Mm -hmm. Japan is a country of 127 million people, and an estimated total of 710,000 guns are held by Japanese citizens, illegally or legally. That same year, the U.S. had 33,599 gun-related deaths, with a population of 318 million. Mm-hmm. So even though, yes, it's almost three times the amount, it's not like there was only 18 people killed. That's significantly no. more than 18 people. Like, no, but it's population. also like a huge societal thing. Like Americans are just brought up with different media, different education, different, different, different morals, different values, different different everything. Uh, West West culture is not the best culture. No. But I mean, like, there are other countries who are westernized who don't have guns, like the UK. Yeah. And um, Canada has less gun violence for sure as well. Yeah, there w- we have some, but like... No, it's much less. Is it's I much mean. less. But, I mean, your population is also less. Just, like, I get it. I just look at all these other countries that don't have any guns or, like, doing all this shit, and it's just like, see, you don't need to have them. No, no one's... <laughs> There, there's I, a lot of stabby stabbies coming cause, up because like the <laughs> argument is always well the bad people will own guns but i'm like but bad people will always own something mm-hmm. to kill you if they want to yeah they don't even need guns nowadays to kill it's you just like pe- sometimes people break into their house and the reason why you got shot with with the gun was because you had the gun yeah um and then they managed to get a hold of it like i don't know i've i never grew up in a situation where i ever was worried about guns see i did because i grew up during the la yeah. riots so mm-hmm. i think we did own a gun and i have a very vivid memory of playing with one and i hope it isn't i hope it's like a now that i think about it it's kind of <laughs> weird but anyways like during that time you know the koreans were heavily mm-hmm. armed you know the, the other people in east la were also heavily it armed and it was of the times and then was it the 19 like it was 19 the early 1990s yeah so it's very recent but during that time like i grew up thinking that you needed a gun to protect yourself but since then it hasn't felt like that no and it's it's all based off of like um like 
how the society feeds into like that mentality. And I bet you down in like the Southern States and well, actually I really don't know what States are like super pro gun control. I assume it's the Southern States. I assume I it's always like, like the more, it's always like a red state for sure because yeah. they're usually it's aligned with like whatever party you, and I think that's why, and, that, and that's why gun control bullshit. is very political. And this, cause podcast. I think that there's plenty of liberals that, like are pro gun you could be very socially liberal but still pro gun control and not want to take away everyone's gun but do you don't feel like assault weapons are necessary like it's just everyone has like their own everyone has has a right to their own opinion obviously i strongly feel like there should be more gun control reform as do you but obviously people out there don't so i don't think people should be shooting anybody no and I don't, no matter what side you're in, you shouldn't just shoot anyone. Like people just don't need you. You don't need it. Stop yeah. killing people. Just please stop killing people in general, <laughs> in yeah. general, but that's never going to stop. And I that's know. why this con- podcast will go on forever. Cause people will always die. <laughs> Cause people just keep on dying. So, yep. Uh, well thanks for that i'm sure our commenters will love us and i'm sure we'll get all so many lovely comments on youtube <laughs> oh man okay 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 all right so i'm going to uh tell a story i've recently discovered that uh i tend to really enjoy people that have uh, fake names because i have always wondered what it cannot i like i'm sure now in like the 2000s and stuff like that it can't be easy for you to just like decide hey you know what i don't like this life anymore i don't like my name i'm just gonna like pack my bags up and like run off to another country and just assume another person's life i think you like, can it, it is still easy as long as you never take up i think now media. if you have money yeah you can get the documents because i would feel like the hardest things to obtain would be like social insurance numbers mm-hmm. and those documents like a passport because so court isn't around anymore but i'm pretty sure there's still yeah. things out like and that it was probably super easy to do back in the 30s and like and it's just i've always been super fascinated by people that do stuff like that I, I know like art passports got stolen last Ooh. year so I, got stolen too. yeah so i think from what everyone's told me is that you get a lot of money for that they'll just change out your stuff but i reported it hmm. missing they just like change out the I don't know what they do with it, but apparently that's high money if you get stolen passports. Interesting, interesting. Don't steal passports, though, because it's a fucking dick move, guys. Yeah, we're we're not trying to give you um, money advice here. That's not what this podcast is about. Bad money advice. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so uh, I'm doing kind of, well, you know what, it's... A little bit more uh, local than some of the stories you've claimed have been yes. local. So, uh, Albert Johnson Walker was born in 1946 in Paris, Ontario, Canada. Oh. And for those of you that don't know, we're located out of London, Ontario, and Paris, Ontario is real close by. So, he was a high school dropout, and after working numerous jobs, he eventually was hired on as a bank teller for a trust company. And then he started a little side hustle where he began filing other people's tax returns for them. He eventually would quit his job and then open up his freelance bookkeeping business called Walker Financial in Woodstock, Ontario. 
Ooh, that's even closer. Yeah, that's even closer. That's how local this is. Uh, over the next decade, Walker Financial grew into a six-branch operation with about 30 employees. However, in 1986, after a stock deal that Albert had invested in collapsed, he attempted to start hiding his losses by defrauding around 70 Canadian clients to the tune of $3.2 million. Jesus, he went all for it. Yes. Didn't want to defraud a little, wanted to go no. all the way. He yeah. then, without his wife's knowing, took out a... Or took out a second mortgage on their house, um, started transferring money into a Cayman Islands suite, and then left his wife and two daughters and fled to Europe, claiming to go on a skiing trip with his 15-year-old daughter, Sheena, who would later pose as his wife. Ew. And then in 1993, Albert was officially charged in Canada with 18 counts of fraud, theft, and money laundering. Did he marry his daughter, too? Uh, they... Sh- they tell everyone that they're married and not that he's her or that she's his daughter, but they just, this is my wife. Here's my wife. And just let me, let's get, just <laughs> let me do the story. So he uh, gets charged with 18 counts of fraud, theft and money laundering. He would later become Canada's most wanted cr- criminal and the second most wanted by Interpol. Ooh. So he's an overachiever criminal. Yeah. Yes. Uh, so he leaves and then after he leaves, uh, his wife is like, you know, a couple of weeks go by and she's like, Hey, I haven't heard from my husband. And then, uh, suddenly, uh, she starts look peeking at some finances and realizes she's got nothing. And then all of these clients start realizing that they just got scammed out of all their money. Uh, but meanwhile in England, uh, Albert has settled down in Harrogate with his daughter, wife, Sheena. And uh, during their time there, Sheena has two children. Mm. Uh, the paternity is unknown. Uh-huh. And unknown. They're like, I mean, to me, I don't see what the big deal is. I don't know why it needs to be like talked about. It's so clearly what's going on. But like in every article that I read more than once, they talked about how the paternity is not unknown about her children. And it's just like her children are not the topic of conversation when it comes to what this fucking guy did like there's so much worse i feel really bad for these kids i feel really bad i think for it builds daughter. his character though yeah. like describing the fact that he ran off with his own daughter mm-hmm. and then procreated with her mm-hmm. says a lot about his character yeah um so albert changed his name to david wallace davis oh my god uh, david wallace good <laughs> David Wallace Davis, uh, claiming to be a wealthy American entrepreneur. Eventually, he becomes friends with Elaine Boys, and a, who was a receptionist for a fine arts de- auctioneer, and then her boyfriend Ronald Joseph Platt, a TV repairman. And they would also get they would often get together, and they would talk about how Elaine and Ronald wanted to go back to Canada. Uh, Ronald apparently loved Canada so much he even had a maple leaf tattoo on the back of his hand. And Albert was like, "Hey." let's set up this business um, and I'll pay for you and your lady to move back to Canada and you guys can like go on all these business trips and it'll be really great. But uh, first you got to give me your driver's license, credit card, signature stamp and birth certificate so that I can register this new business for us. Doesn't sound shady at all. Okay. And Ronald was like, sure. Oh my goodness. All over. Don't give your ID to anyone else guys. (laughs) Um. Now this was, I think this was in the 
Uh, no, this is in the 90s. Oh like, my god, that's yeah. even like it's you should a- know better at that point. <laughs> yeah. Maybe in like the 50s, you're a little bit more trusting, but like yeah. 90s, you're like, no. come on. So, um, he get, he has them all over, and then Albert goes and creates a company called Cavendish Corporation. So he does actually create a company, but he uses it to start laundering money. So, as uh, like uh ronald and his girlfriend elaine are over in canada he's sending them money from his swiss bank account and then getting them to forward him back euro dollars like he's getting these people to transfer the swiss into canadian the canadian into euro and then launder his money yeah launder his money when they are just like well we have no idea like what's going on here yeah um uh, so the couple then like packs up all their shit and they head off to Canada and then Albert then packs up Sheena, moves into a home in Essex, settles into their new life as Ronald and Nolette or Noel Platt. Ronald. All right. Ronald and Noel Platt. So three years and a couple incestuous babies later, uh, Albert's new life ran into a snag because Ronald had run out of money and he had broken up with Elaine. And so he returned to England to reconnect with Albert, uh, completely unaware that Albert had been living as Ronald the entire time, fearing that he would then get caught for all the scams that he had been running for the last three years and then obviously get caught by the police for everything that he was doing in Canada. Albert takes Ronald out on a fishing trip in July 1996, and while out to sea on his yacht, Albert hits Ronald over the head with an anchor, ties it around his waist to weigh him down, and then dumps his body into the sea. Two weeks later, on July 28th, Ronald's body was discovered by the, in the English Channel by a local fisherman named John Kopik. Ruined his day. Yes. I wonder how many fishermen find dead bodies. A lot, probably. A lot. Like, so much. And probably a lot of body parts and yeah. not, like, whole bodies. Like a hand or a foot. Yeah. Well, this was a hand was sticking up. Oh. There's, there's a lot of hands. The whole body. The whole body. Well, they did get the whole body. Uh, but the only thing that was identical on the body was a Rolex wristwatch. And since Rolex movements all have serial numbers and special engravings, mm-hmm. the police were able to trace the service records back to Ronald Joseph Platt. I'm surprised they didn't take his, he didn't take his Rolex. I don't think he thought about it. Yeah. Like, the, he still had all of his clothes on and everything. It was just like, there wasn't any ID. And oh. so he probably just didn't think about the Rolex. The jewelry. But yeah. also, we're talking about a guy who is fucking rich. Like, he swindled out $3.2 million. Yeah. Plus, like, he had been, like, there's a whole bunch of money that's being moved around. They uh, they didn't know how much money that he actually had. Uh, and he was living up, like, he had a yacht, and he was living up this, like, rich life uh, in Essex, which I imagine wasn't very cheap. So it was probably not an expensive Rolex possibly yep. and so he was yeah. like looked down on it or just never thought about it I, I i don't know but it was his downfall uh they were able to choose the records uh the service records back to ronald uh but then the police were able to narrow down the date and time within a small margin of error of when the murder happened by examining the watch calendar uh because this particular moment only had a reservation of two to three days of operation when inactive uh, and i don't know if you know anything about rolexes no. but uh they stay moving uh, by you moving your wrist okay uh, so you continuously kind of wind it during the day um but if you were to just l- take it off and like lay it down uh, within two days, the batteries would die and you would need to rewind it. Okay. 
Um, so uh, they were able to count backwards from the time that it stopped working. And bam, now they knew when, when he died. When he died. Yes. Or at least when his body stopped moving in the water. So after doing some investigation, the police find Albert's mobile phone number on a reference letter that Ronald had given to an agent company. And so they call up Albert and he is like super helpful, even went to the police station voluntarily. He tells them that as far as he's aware, Ronald had run off to France. The police seem to buy the story at first, but then eventually they try to contact Albert later, uh, who's, by the way, still going by the fake name of David Davis to the police mm -hmm. and in order to clear up a few matters they go by his house however nobody's home so they're like all right let's go talk to the neighbors see if maybe the neighbors know where he's going and the neighbors are all like we don't know a david davis we uh, know a noel we know a ronald, ronald platt yeah uh, and his wife noel they live next door and then they tell the police that quote unquote ronald has a yacht in devon and to go look for him there so the police immediately get suspicious and are like this dude did it but now they got to prove it and then a few months later, on October 31st, 1997, the police finally track down Albert and arrest him on the suspicion of Ronald's murder. And at the time of the arrest, they find Sheena stuffing gold bars into a diaper bag trying to flee. Oh, my God. And Sheena would then later testify against her father, um, but excusing her own behavior by claiming that she had been hypnotized by her and was suffering from Stockholm syndrome. Stockholm syndrome, yeah. Which probably could have. I don't. However, yeah. uh, there was. I had read an article where they were talking about like I guess right before uh, he had run away, the wife and him, uh, his wife Barb and him, had been having some issues, and they were going to separate the children, or there was like a custody thing, mm -hmm. and Sheena was the only child that wanted to leave with Albert uh, by by saying that like her mom never gave her any attention and her father always showered her with affection. Oh. So like that's probably why he took Sheena and he probably had like pegged Sheena probably before she was 15 and had already been like but it's, he had already he, been planning yeah, it. Yeah, and he probably already like I guess like from birth kind of started like kind of molding her to be this type of person so it's yeah. one of those things where it's like you can't blame her too much because yeah. look at her father and look what he did to her yeah. and yeah and it's you're more sympathetic towards her because mm -hmm. of that yeah mm -hmm. Uh, yeah, she, she is a victim in this. Like she didn't kill anybody. No. She was essentially kidnapped by her own parent and then raped. Uh, supposedly, allegedly, we have allegedly, no proof but that the babies are hers. However, they presented as a married couple. Yes. Um, like that, that was his wife. And Ronald Platt is the name on the birth certificate of all of the children. So probably, so but we probably. can't say for yes. sure because it's not 100% confirmed, but it's probably 100% yeah. confirmed. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> in June 1998, uh, walk, um, Albert is found guilty of murder and embezzlement. And by 2000, bankruptcy trustees were able to only recover 500000 of the embezzled money. Uh, but authorities said that they had no idea how much he stole. But they theorized that there was still $150,000 in gold bars hidden somewhere. Uh, I think Sheena has it. I think she does, I think too. Sheena took that shit. Yeah. Um, and she was her and her children sheena and her children were allowed to return to canada and in february 2005 albert was also returned back to canada and the canadian police stated that they fully intend to proceed with the 37 counts of fraud and theft however in 2007 he was only sentenced 
or he was only charged with 19 counts of fraud, but he was sentenced to four years in jail and one year concurrent for violations of the Bankruptcy and Insolvency Act. And he is currently living out his life sentence for the uh, murder in Kingston Penitentiary. Oh, so he's yeah. serving it here, which is, yeah. yeah, okay. Europe sent him back because he was on he was on Canada's Most Wanted list. Like, yeah, Canada wanted him. It yeah, took yeah. a long time, like, because he served seven years mm-hmm. um, there, but then Canada finally got him back, and then they charged him because they wanted to charge him with the crimes because they needed to in order to start the bankruptcy stuff yeah. so that they could get some of the money back to the people that they And I'm pretty sure he, he still has more money other places oh yeah because sure. rich people know how to hide their money mm-hmm. very well they found a lot of it in the cayman islands uh it could be in the swiss bank account yep. still too then there's probably still a lot uh but Panama, i bet uh, you sheena has, has the all bars. of it she has oh she has access to all yeah of it. i probably did um and she's probably like an essence to the speculation it. corner speculation corner but if I was her, I probably would never have touched that money. Nope. Um, but I would be leaving it. I would be somehow trying to figure out how to give that money to my kids um, later on. Speculation I don't, corner. Yeah, speculation corner. And also not really actually advice corner. <laughs> this isn't real advice. Yeah, no, it's, it's not real advice. It's just like, you know, uh, like in that situation, that's just... That's just prudent planning, in my opinion. Um, For an escape. But I'm sure she gave, like, she was able to provide a lot of information. And the wife was able, or the uh, Barbara, the first wife, she was able to um, get a lot of the bank statements and was able to find a lot of the Cayman uh, money and all of that. But I wonder, like, what the relationship's like now between the mom and daughter. Uh, I, I, from what I understand, I think that they're all living together and they're raising the kids. Okay. Um... But that was a at the time of that article, the kids were still like seven years old, so that must have been an older article. It's changed a lot yeah. since then. But the, I mean, it probably like I can't imagine either is mad at the other. Mm-hmm. Like the daughter, they just you know it was the dad. It was he was very manipulative, mm-hmm. and he had to go kill someone. Yeah, that's my story on Albert Johnson Walker, very person that good. likes to like. And super local. Yeah. And quick. Quick. <laughs> quick and local. All right. Well, thanks for listening. Yes. Thanks for listening. And hope you're still alive and not in jail next week yep. so you can listen to our next episode. Don't Although, kill anybody do with they a gun. have podcasts in jail? They, they probably, I mean, they probably do have podcasts in jail. Uh, people can, trans, like, don't people know it's book it's the audiobooks. That's what they do in jail. Oh, okay. I don't know if like podcasts were also. Well, I mean, according to no, they've got radio shows. Yeah. I was gonna say. I'm not sure if they listen and anyone in, in a jail do. has ever Some listened jail. to this podcast, <laughs> but maybe. So hopefully you're not dead next week. <laughs> yes, hopefully you're not dead. <laughs> don't die. All right. Bye. bye.